Hey guys, this is David, and Apple finally announced updates to all of its major platforms at its Worldwide Developer Conference. Well, the virtual version, because obviously we can't all meet together. iOS 14 is finally getting home screen widgets, like resizable widgets like Android. And you can finally, finally change the default apps for mail and browsers. I don't even have an iPhone. Why do I care? Mac OS 11 Big Sur, Big Sur, Big Sur? Mac OS 11 Big Sur is getting a redesign that kind of puts it in line with the rest of the design aesthetic for the ecosystem. TPOS is getting support for Microsoft's Xbox Elite 2 controller and the adaptive controller, while WatchOS is getting support for sleep timers and hand washing timers? Sure, why not? That's the most 2020 thing ever. <laughs> but at the very end was the bombshell. So Apple announced that they're moving away from Intel in their Mac lineup and switching to their own custom designed silicon. Yep, buy Intel, hello A-series processors. But why is Apple doing this? Why not just stick with Intel and AMD? Wouldn't it be easier just to let them do all the heavy lifting? Probably, but Apple doesn't care about convenience. What they care about is control. Let's process. Apple transitioned from PowerPC to Intel chips in 2005, with the primary reason being that PowerPC chips generated too much heat and used too much energy compared to Intel. Apple was looking to build thinner laptops, but needed chips that were more power efficient. Moore's Law was still in full swing, and Intel was releasing processors that were more powerful while consuming less power as a result of the smaller manufacturing processes. Switching to Intel also allowed Windows users to install Windows on the Mac via Bootcamp. However, while sharing a common platform with Windows PCs made for greater interoperability, it also tied Apple down. One of the biggest strengths of using an iPhone or iPad is the vertical integration between hardware and software. Apps can only be downloaded via the App Store unless you jailbreak. And since Apple designs both the operating system and the underlying silicon, more on that in a bit, users can get a much more streamlined experience. Additionally, iOS developers only have to focus on a small number of iPhone and iPad models to optimize their code. This is in stark contrast to the Android world, where there are literally thousands of different models of Android phones, each with their own custom skins and modifications. While that does give consumers much more choice and the ability to customize their phone, it also means much less optimization and polish. Apple started designing their own system on a chip, or SOC, beginning with the A4 all the way back with the iPhone 4. Each successive generation of A-series chips have led to greater performance gains. In fact, it's at the point now where the 2020 iPad Pro with the A12Z processor is matching Apple's own 2019 16-inch MacBook Pro with Intel chips, by the way, in single-core performance and even beating the MacBook Air in both single and multi-core performance in Geekbench. Now, yes, I know, synthetic benchmarks don't really tell the whole story, but even at a cursory glance, I think it's telling that Apple is able to match Intel or even beat them at their own game. I noted on my Galaxy Book S review that Jonathan Morrison was able to edit a full 4K YouTube video with color grading and effects on an iPad Pro. Another YouTuber named Juan Carlos Bagnell has constantly touted how powerful modern smartphones are, including Android phones, and how they're able to do heavy workloads like photo and video editing. 
If Apple can do all of that on an iPad Pro with this limited power budget, what do you think they can do on a proper Mac, say a Mac Pro? One of the downsides to working with Intel was that Apple was at the mercy of Intel's product innovation. I mean, Macs are only as powerful as Intel can make them. And if we know anything about Apple, is that it loves having control. As I said before, apps can only be downloaded on the iPhone and iPad via the App Store. However, Macs don't currently have that limitation. While there is technically a Mac App Store, you can just also download apps straight from the internet. But I think Apple wants to stop that. If Apple succeeds in transitioning all of their Mac lineup to the A-series chips, that means that the only way to get apps is to go through the Mac App Store. Okay, so pause. You might be able to download ARM compiled apps from the internet once Apple transitions all of their Macs to ARM, but it just depends on how Apple implements this. And they may limit it to the Mac App Store or they may continue to allow you to download apps from the internet. All right, let's continue. From a business perspective, this is a great thing for Apple because it ensures a steady revenue due to the 30% cut that Apple gets from App Store purchases. And from a security perspective, the tight integration of hardware and software ensures a highly optimized and secure platform. Like its iOS products, this ensures that Apple is able to control the entire user experience from the hardware to the software. And that means that it's not tied down to how quickly Intel or AMD can innovate on their own terms. This also means that Apple is able to experiment and try out new ideas. Even though we all know that Apple doesn't normally introduce new ideas until it's properly baked and ready. Now, of course, a cynicist will say, oh, this is Apple being paternalistic and trying to tell everyone what to do and how to do it and when to do it. And to an extent that is true. I mean, with Android and Windows, there are like a litany of manufacturers that you can choose from. Each of them also doing their own innovations and taking risks. So if you want a foldable phone, you can just go to Samsung or Motorola. If you want the best bang for your buck phone, you can get a OnePlus phone. If you want a laptop that can do video editing, but you don't really want to spend $4,000 on a Mac, you can just get a Dell XPS. And so all of those companies can take different risks and also consumers have choice. On the other hand, a lot of people really like the simplicity that comes from being in the Apple ecosystem. I mean, if you have a Mac, an iPhone, an iPad, it all just works together. If anything, this puts pressure on Qualcomm, Intel, and AMD to kind of up their game when it comes to their CPUs. I mean, Apple is able to beat Qualcomm on the mobile side and match or even beat Intel on the desktop side. So for a consumer, this might actually be a good thing because we might get better products down the line. Android phones would be even more powerful and Intel products would be even more powerful as well. So they will both have to compete with Apple in order to match the performance gains that Apple has with that vertical integration. But I'm pretty sure that's gonna be hard to do. However, despite all of that, in the end, it's all about control with Apple. They wanna control everything from the hardware to the software. They don't wanna be beholden to anyone. It's all about control. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching this video and I hope that it was informative. If you like the audio, I'm gonna post the audio version of this on the podcast. It's called the Black Techies Podcast. We're basically everywhere, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, all of them. So if you like to listen to podcasts and you like to listen to people talk about tech and gaming and nerdy stuff, go ahead and subscribe. Anyways, until next time, like if you like, sub if you love, 
and don't just think about tech, process it.